Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass continue our media availabilities here with our race winner zane smith driver of the number 38 bico ford for front row motorsports zane that was a wild ride there at the end can you tell us about the last few laps yeah um I mean, obviously, scored some massive points today, so <clears throat> that was huge. Just, uh, I guess, once we got back up there in that final stage and then um, got wrecked, it kind of became a man. Let's see if we get into the top ten. And uh, before I knew, it, I was like seventh. And then, um, yeah, just <laughs> I, I don't know. And <clears throat> those final couple restarts. Um, we just seemed to like be able to carry more high speed corner speed than than them, which I was really surprised of. I don't know if those couple newer lap tires was uh, was the biggest difference there or, or what, but just great adjustments by my team all day, and um, we got our truck closer. Uh, still needed some more, but and then obviously I think it was the 52 or, or uh, 75 were locked up and it seemed like Kyle was locking up already as is in 11 and um, I knew I was going to be in a good spot and went underneath the 51 Bowman and uh, the 75 and I looked at my mirror and unfortunately I had seen that they weren't too far back and uh, knew that I was probably going to get a dive bomb and uh, made sure just to get everything I could out of my braking zones and I felt like once I kept them behind right there, um, I was able to stretch it some, and uh, and that was the on, on obviously the key. Um, and then it was kind of smooth sailing a little bit, but obviously at road courses it's terrifying on a final lap like that because of all the things that you can mess up and just uh, yeah, I mean there's a book full of things that could go wrong. So um, I was just trying to get back to the start finish line. Yeah, we'll go ahead and open up to questions. We'll come right down here in the front, and we'll go to Jenna and then to Jerry. Uh, Dale McFadden, FrenchRush.com. Zane, so as you were going towards turn 11 on that, that on the first lap of that final overtime start, like what were you anticipating those three guys to do? Did they surprise you with what happened? Like what was going through your mind when they went off wide like they did? Yeah, once I got back up there, I was doing my best to like <clears throat> reading how those guys were were racing and. The 52 kept trying to dive on the 51. The 51 was expecting it the whole the final couple of re- late race restarts. And so the 51 was locking them up. So those two were kind of in their own boat. And then uh, with the 7, I, I think it was the 52 that locked it up into the 7 and, and hit them. And, um, and so they kind of killed a, I don't know, got rid of two of them right there. And then... Um, really just to see his part in that corner. But like I said, I didn't think it was really going to be over because I had looked back in my mirror and, and seen that they were all right right there. And obviously the backstretch here is insane and the runs you get are insane. So um, I don't know, I just try my best at hitting my marks and not being the one to mess it up. Go to Jenna. Hey, Zane, you said um, after you got the checkered flag, you said these truck races are crazy. You're never out of it until you're out of it. So I'm wondering, how do you kind of stay in that mindset when you're running, I don't know, six and and thinking you still have a chance to win the race? Yeah, I mean, I've been in a lot crazier positions. I mean, this one's up there, but not winning a race all year and nothing going right all year last year and then being in a must-win situation in Martinsville thinking I lost it and then getting transferred into the Final Four was... Probably the the craziest out of those, but um, so I feel like the more situations you could be in with races like this, the calmer you're just going to be because you know that it's never over until it's over, and that was really a definition of that. So, um, yeah, just happy we executed it. We'll go to Jerry. Jerry Jordan, net. Max points, as you pointed out, 
a while ago. Uh, so both stages, the win. What does that say about your organization and, and, and the, the truck itself? Did you come in here thinking that it was going to be that fast? Um, I mean, there were a few things that I wanted different in the truck, right, away from, from practice, just feels that I like. And we're so limited on adjustments to what we could do here. So I was really happy with how our team really came together and, um, I don't know, thought of the best solution to get those adjustments in with, uh, with the tools that we had. And, and I felt like we got somewhat in the area of it, but definitely when we get back home, I, there's a lot of things to, to go over to be better. Are there, we'll go right here to the front. Um, Steven Stump of FrontTrust.com. Uh, you weren't announced a driver front row until three weeks after last season ended. How does it feel to have two, picked up two wins this early so into the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the earlier you get them, the better. Just the whole team, myself, everybody is just so much more relaxed knowing that you're locked in. And then, obviously, today helped a ton getting, I mean, maximizing points. And um, I'm not sure if anyone really had a bad day or anything to set them back, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, like I said, coming across the line, I mean, just a statement from this team, not only last year, but this year, like every single race this year, I've been in contention to win, but the driver's only been able to figure out how to do two of them so far. Thank you. I'll go right. yeah. Jared Haas with FrontStretch.com. Like I said, you've started the season strong with two wins and, like I said, a good top five finish. Do you see yourself as the champion, uh, the person that is the target for the champion? Like I said, do you feel like, um, like I said, the top dog right now in the truck series? I mean, um, I guess we have the most wins now, so I guess that's something that, that's pretty cool. But um, it's so early to be talking about just championship hopes. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be the same guys that you typically see, especially in the truck series. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really cool and to not only build this confidence, but like I said, to, to now have the most wins and out of all the other guys and teams, um, it's just something that obviously feels pretty good to, uh, to have this early. Are there any final questions for Zane? All right, congratulations. Cool. Thank you. Another one of those congratulations to Zane Smith on his second win for Front Row Motorsports. Uh, now, and we're going to move on over. It was a doubleheader weekend, and uh, AJ Armadinger brought it home there. He said that was a heck of a race, also. It was a great weekend for Coda. Some really, really good racing. So uh, we're going to see what A.J. has to say about his win on Saturday. Joined by winner of today's Pit Boss 250, A.J. Almendinger, driver of the number 16 Colleague Racing Chevrolet. A.J., this is your seventh Xfinity Series road course win. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I feel really good. It's, um, we've had uh, you know, a good start to the year when, when you look at the finishes and things, but feel like, uh, you know, you take out Daytona. We haven't really contended. You know, Atlanta was okay, but, you know, contended for, for wins. And we knew that uh, this was a racetrack last year where we weren't as good. We finished second, but Kyle beat us down pretty good. So I knew that 54 car was going to be good. And, uh, a little bit frustrated early in the weekend. Just felt like the stuff that I'd done setup-wise for us wasn't very good. And was quite frustrated with that. Um, but this race is a, it's a, it's a tough race. It's a long race. Track gets slick. Uh, as we saw in the truck race, you get late race restarts, anything can happen. And, you know, once we got through that first stage, we weren't amazing, but we were, I felt good enough if we did all the right things to win the race. So I was just trying to, to uh, put ourselves in position there and, and pit stops are good. Strategy was good to be able to restart up front there. And Ross was doing an amazing job. You know, especially in, in that 92 car, he's he's so good right now. So I knew it was going to be tough to beat him. But once uh, 
I think he got spun on that restart. I, I just paced myself and really more than anything just prayed for no more yellows for a couple of reasons. A, because I didn't want to do any more restarts. And B, my old body was hot. So I did not want to ride around under yellow anymore because it was hot in that race car. Thank you. All right, we're going to start right up here. Dylan McFadden, FrenchRace.com. AJ, this is now the, the sixth different road course you've won on in, in, in NASCAR overall. Um, when it comes to all those tracks, what is, in all the different styles, what is your preferred kind of road course and where does Coda fit on the, the landscape? Well, Coda's leading right now after, right in this, in this moment. Um, no, I mean, I, I love all the racetracks that we go to. Uh, I would love to run the, the full Watkins Glen because uh, the boot in that section would be a lot of fun to drive. You know, Watkins Glen's tough just because it's so short. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoy them all. I mean, it's what I've grown up doing. And, uh, you know, this was a racetrack last year. I felt like actually turned our, our road course program in a great direction because, you know, as I said, finishing second was, was not too bad, but Kyle put it on us so bad. So we went to work and, and did some homework and kept working on it. So we've kind of evolved the setups really from this race last year. And uh, in practice and qualifying, it wasn't great. And it was definitely a tough race, race car to drive. This, this track is tough because it, it's, you carry speed down through the S's, but it's so slick in certain areas. So it's easy to overstep the car, especially an Xfinity car where it's not a lot of grip, but... I mean, any any road course that we go to, I, I try to have fun with it, and, and uh, you know, it's just, of course, when when you go out there and win it, it, it makes it very enjoyable, but it's uh, it's a fun racetrack, for sure. All right, we'll go to Steven. Um, you are now one point behind Gregson for the Xfinity Series points lead. Obviously, it's still early, but you won the regular season championship last year. Do you think you guys have the potential to repeat in that regard? Well, I mean, we got a lot of work to do, no doubt. What I've, uh, what I've loved about uh, all of our men and women at College Racing is, is they've done a lot of homework in the off season. You know, I felt like the end of our last year wasn't amazing. We kind of struggled. Even though we made the Final Four, we just we, we never had speed at a lot of the racetracks. So we've done our homework and, and went to work. I think there's positives that we've gained in our race cars. There's also some work we got to do. So... Uh, if you look at the mile and a half and two mile racetracks, we've qualified on pole and had speed, but there's definitely weaknesses that we got to keep working on. Um, so I think what we've done a great job of so far this year is maximizing our day, whether it's a seventh place finish or a sixth place finish or, you know, at a racetrack like this where we got a chance to win and we do it. But it's always nice to get a win early in the season. You kind of get that pressure off your shoulders to have that win, and, and now we can kind of look forward to Richmond, which was a, a really good track for us last year, and in Martinsville, a place that I really enjoy. So, you know, look forward to going to those next two tracks. All right, we'll go to Bob next, and then up here. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. How different are the S's without the, without the curbs that were there last year, and now NASCAR, you know, having to make rulings if you get all four tires kind of outside the race Yeah, they're, Bob, they're a little bit, you know, they're still the same corner, but you straight line it a little bit more. But with that you carry more speed into it. So if you step out, it's hard. I mean, you're, you're carrying, I, I don't know the speed, but it feels like you're carrying at least 10 miles per hour more. It's kind of through the S's. So if you make a mistake or the car steps out, it's hard to gather up. And, and you lose a lot more time than I feel like you did last year because everybody was kind of stuck at the same pace through there just because the, with the curbing, you could only run a certain speed. Um, you know, with that said, it's, feel like it puts NASCAR right on that on that verge because I don't think any of us there's been questions I saw in qualifying and in even when I watched the truck series I thought okay maybe that's a cut that didn't get called but it's the same for everybody it's one of those things you can push the limit but you don't want to overstep it because if you do and NASCAR makes a call you're not you can't argue it you're gonna have to do a drive-through and that's gonna really hurt your race so uh, it's the same for everybody but it's definitely made the S's a, a bit different compared to last year here and then to Holly. AJ, uh, Rob Piazza from the podium for AJ, congratulations on a big win here at Coda. I know you were talking earlier in the week how Austin's a great marketplace here, but you know, kind of piggybacking off an earlier question, but kind of changing it up. How does it feel like when you know you can actually sweep the race weekend at such a prestigious, prestigious track like this one? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I, this racetrack last year, I just the fans that showed up in the weather was, especially on Sunday, it was absolutely amazing, like how packed it was. I can't wait to see tomorrow. Um, I think the new next-gen cars are, are going to put on a great show. They're really fun to drive. Um, but, you know, it's you always like coming to a new city, and, and maybe you create a new fan base, and, and we already have a great fan base that, with the people that show up. But, um, you know, there's a lot of history around this racetrack, even though it hadn't been there super long between Formula One and MotoGP and IndyCar and uh, sports cars. So you get a lot of great names that win at this racetrack. So, of course, you always want to put your, your name on that list and, and be a part of uh, the history of this racetrack. Holly. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. Hey, AJ. How much pressure do you put on yourselves at these road course races? I mean, everyone kind of has this expectation that you're going to be the guy that shows how it's done. What is that like for you personally? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, I love showing up to road courses, but it's not a fun weekend for me. Um, I, put, I put a lot of pressure on myself anyway, uh, but at these racetracks, I know the expectations that I put on myself. I know the outside world probably has those expectations, but uh, what makes it great about Matt and Chris especially, really the whole race team, but Matt and Chris, they don't put those expectations on me. Uh, they know what I, my ups and downs when I get, get uh, stressed, when I get anxiety because I feel like I'm letting us down. I felt like all weekend I've been letting us down. Whether I have or not, I don't, you know, but that's the way I look at it. So, it, it, it's not, the, in the, the heat of the weekend, I, I don't ever feel good. I mean, I got, like, constant anxiety. I, I got constant pressure. Uh, I'm probably not in the best mood at any point just because I, 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 I expect to go out there and win races for us, especially in the Xfinity Series. So, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it, it. It's not a lot of fun. This is fun after, but it, in the moment, it is not. I don't feel good. Like it's uh, that's how much anxiety and pressure I put on myself. Um, but you know, with that said, it, it the, especially this year, all the men and women have been putting on, just putting in like serious hours. They, I can't tell you the lack of sleep that our whole shop has. Uh, that I, I can't imagine how the our our, our crew members their families at home because they don't get to see them a lot right now and uh so it's tough so it's one of those things got my, my boy here thank you man thank you man but so you know and it's one of those things that i i you see it on their faces at the shot i i can't i mean they the cups guys i think loaded the car at four in the morning thursday and like the xfinity pe team is doing the same it, it's They'll, they'll get home late tonight and Monday morning they're tearing the cars apart. It's, so there's a lot going on. So I feel like I add pressure to myself right now because like the best way I can show my appreciation is A, you tell them a lot, but B, you go out there and win races. And so yeah, it, it quite honestly hasn't been a fun weekend for me at all. So I'll, uh, I'll enjoy this a good bit tonight and just relax and hopefully have a better attitude tomorrow. We have a question for you right over there, Adrian. Jared Haas with FrontStretch.com. With this race being the qualifying for the Dash for Cash, you're unofficially for in the Dash for Cash. How do you race differently with between these races and to, like I said, regular races throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. It's great what Xfinity does to to put a hundred thousand dollars each race for four races. We've been fortunate enough at College Racing to win it a couple of times. Uh, it's a big deal because we, we, you know, we give that to the crew members and put that in a, in a pod as well. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good chunk of money. But I don't race any different per se throughout the course of the race. Now, at the end of the race, if you don't have a chance to win and you find yourself surrounded by maybe one or two of the other drivers, just the, the other drivers you're racing against, yeah, your mind switches to, to maybe taking a chance to, to do whatever you have to do to, to win the dash for cash and qualify for the next week. Uh, but over the course of the race, I don't, I don't think too much about it. Any additional questions for AJ? All right, let's go right up here. Yeah, Chris Knight, AJ, uh, 
just looking ahead to Richmond next weekend and Martinsville after that, like, are you content with the college racing short track program, or you ha- you feel like you have a shot to, you know, go go and contend for top five or wins, or you feel like that that's still a program that you guys need to be working on? Yeah, I mean, it. it yeah, Chris, I, it's we're constantly updating everything, right? We're 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 constantly trying to work on every racetrack. So, to be quite honest with you, I don't know what we'll have next week. I know what we had last year was a pretty good setup, so at least we have something to go off of uh, at Richmond. Uh, even the, the previous year, Justin was really good there and, and had a shot to win the race. Uh, you know, last year we led some laps and, and this tire strategy didn't really work out. So we have a good baseline to work off of, but, you know, we're, we're working hard on the cars to, to try to make them more competitive. So I don't, I don't know where we're going to be next week. Uh, and, you know, that's some chances we got to take. You know, last year, that was what was probably tough about it was we were winning races, right? And, and you're, you're running up front and there's no real practice. So it's like, okay, we need to make some changes, but we don't want to go too far and dial us ourselves out for a weekend or two and, and start struggling. So I think right now we're in a position where we can take some more chances and, and work on some stuff. You get a little bit of practice, but more importantly, use the early part of the season now, especially with a win, to try a couple things and see if we can get really head in the right direction on, on all types of racetracks that we go to. Uh, I mean, it's to me, it's still better no practice because if, if, you know, like yes, the start of yesterday, we were – absolutely terrible i felt like in today for today and we and we struggled there's not a lot of changes you can make but we definitely went and made some changes and and i thought it was better today so um yeah it's not you're not changing spindles and truck you know doing all kinds of stuff that you used to do back in the day but any lap time helps on on that the racetrack that we go to all right we have time for one more question ag you know i typically like to ask you serious questions i hope this one's not too much of a downer but you talked about how much the men and women at college mean so much to you with the efforts they put in, but how much inspiration do you draw from your family knowing that they've been with you through the ups and downs and you keep having these excellent victories at these road courses? Well, my wife has to listen to me whine and bitch constantly at home about how bad I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not great. So for her, at least she bought, gets, a, gets a night of happiness. So we got that for her. <laughs> um, and my mom and dad, especially, you know, it, they've always done it for me. You know, my, they mortgaged their house three times. They, my dad is, and my mom are still my biggest fans. Um, so there, there's a bit of, of a different type of pressure I, I want to perform, especially for, for my parents, because... Uh, I partially do it for him because, you know, it, my dad loves watching me race, especially. And <laughs> he asked me this week, hey, when you win a race, can I get the checkered flag? I'm like, yeah, dad, I'll, I'll work on that. Like, I'd love to win the race. Like, and in the moment, I'll try to remember to grab the checkered flag for you. So, I mean, stuff like that. Uh, so I, there's there's still a big part of me that, that continually races just, just for them because uh, – Especially, I'm, especially my dad, my mom too, but my dad's more vocal about it. He, he loves watching his son race, and you know I don't want to take that away from him. I got the checkered flag, and I told my wife, make sure she grabs it before Matt Collar grabs it. So, thanks, AJ. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, uh, AJ's dad gets the checkered flag. Well deserved, but uh, hey, congratulations to our next guest there with uh, Ross Chastain in his first time win at man Circus of America. Uh, what a race! What a finish! Track house man racing that racing team's kind of on a rock right now. They they've been competitive the whole time, but. We're going to listen to uh, Ross. It's it's kind of long-winded. I think it's like 40 minutes, so it's really good to listen to it out. Media Center, we are going to go ahead and start with our post-race media availability here for the second annual Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix. We are joined by the happy owner of the number one 
Onyx Homes, iFly Chevrolet, Trackhouse Racing. That is Justin Marks. Justin, congratulations. Some, some thoughts on your triumph here today. Yeah, I mean, it's a triumph for all 128 people who work for our company. I mean, th this, was, this was an ambitious thing to sort of dream up. And I asked, I asked a lot of people that had a lot of experience in this sport and seen a lot of teams come and go to trust me and to, uh, and to commit to Trackhouse. And so to be here, you know, not even... You know, not even a year and a half really into our into our existence. Uh, I'm just I'm just proud of uh, everybody that committed, and um, you know, they, every single one of these people they own a piece of this of this victory. So I mean, it was always Ross. That's what I told him when he got out of the car. It was always you. Uh, when the Ganassi buyout happened, and he texted me as I got off of the the press conference stage of the Hall of Fame, and he just wrote, "I want this," and uh, and he had to be patient with me while I let the dust settle. Um, but we all were huge, huge believers in Ross's talent. We knew what he was capable of doing, and he's proved it the last month uh, at Trackhouse. And, and I think that we've really just opened a door for him and Phil and the one team moving forward. So I'm just, I'm really, really proud of everybody. Chevrolet, Onyx Homes and iFly, obviously Moose Fraternity and Advent Health, and everybody that commits this program. It's just a really, really great day for us. Great. And we're also joined by Crew Chief Phil Surgeon. Phil, congratulations on your win today. And uh, walk us through the excitement there in the final lap from your perspective. Yeah, thanks. Uh, a little bit too too much excitement there for a little bit. Um, you know, we knew we had a really strong car all day, and Ross's restarts were were really good. Um, you know, Tyler got got by us in one of those restarts late, and we had to fight back for the lead. And then, you know, to 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 come back and fight for the win with AJ, one of the best in the business, uh, was great. And then uh, that last lap was just crazy. You know, I think uh, going for the win on the last lap, everything's on the table, and uh, you know, they muscled around and uh, we prevailed. Good deal. We're going to open the floor for questions. We're going to start with Jenna and then go to Chris. Thank you. I've got one for each. I'll start with Justin. Uh, congratulations to both of you, Justin. Um, you said that uh, you had to get people to trust you and to, to believe in what you were you were selling. Um, what were you, what's your sales pitch? How did you yeah. convince them? And and how did you get good at this? You convinced Chip Ganassi to sell his whole team to you. Well. You know, Trackhouse is, I just, it's an investment in the people. I mean, the thing is, this car, I really have believed since day one that this car delivers an opportunity for these companies to feel like real teams and to really, like, invest in teamwork. And the way the 9 and the, and the uh, I'm sorry, the way the 1 and the 99 work together and how, you know, everybody um, feels motivated and empowered, um, the pitch was, let's build a great team together. Let's do all of this together. And that was the inside of the building pitch. The outside of the building pitch is, you know, this sport is ready for challengers. It's ready for disruptors. It's ready for people to come in and challenge the status quo and how we do things, have some fun, look good, try to be fast, win races, have a good time doing it. And, uh, and I just, I've always been authentic about my mission. And, um, you know, it's just, I just, I, I take, I don't really, I mean, I just take a lot of pride in seeing everybody's smiles and happiness today. And so the pitch was like, let's just do something great together. Uh, what's Pitbull, have you heard from him? Yeah, I just talked to him on the phone. Yeah, what do, what do He says he's say? smashing a watermelon over his head and drinking champagne. <laughs> Where's he doing that? <laughs> I said I'll join him as soon as I can. Phil, congratulations. Um, I imagine when you hear that the team is being sold, it's you know a little scary and there's a lot of upheaval. And now here you are running the best that this car has ever run. You know, this is essentially right, the same driver, crew chief combination. You know, what's the difference? Yeah, you know, last summer there was a, a little bit of an unknown there when the team gets bought and you don't know how things are going to shake out. Um, you know, met with Justin pretty early on and um, felt really good about what he had to say and felt great about the the opportunity to work with Ross again and work with uh, many of the same guys, you know. And uh, there's last last season we did a lot of building and, you know, we got – we got some performance out of the car, particularly the second half of the season. And, you know, it's just determination. It's hard work. Um, and it's assembling the right group of people. And right now we've got every component of it working well together. we got the pit crew. We've got the road crew. we got everybody at the shop. Um, obviously, Ross's talent speaks for itself. But um, everything is just working great together right now. And uh, we spent all the off-season focused on developing the next-gen car and um, are able to come out of the gate really, really strong this year. We'll go to Chris, then to Jeff, then to Daniel. 
ChrisLankEdgeFence.com. Justin, um, I know you're tweeting, but um, you know you're checking them off as you go, right? So from contenders to winners, now contenders, now you get to fight for a Cup Series championship. What would that mean for you guys to have a, a, a fight in winning a Cup Series championship? Well, I mean, I don't think we can't really put the cart before the horse. I mean, I think that. Um, you know, I think it just comes down to fundamentals, right? I mean, we just have to continue executing, um, taking advantage of our strengths and improving our weaknesses as much as we can. It's taken, I mean, he's, tomorrow these guys are going to be in the shop just thinking about Richmond, right? I mean, it's just, so it's like, t- that's the next one, right? Richmond? Yeah, whatever's next. And, um, and I mean, but that's the thing, right, is, is um, they, I, what I say is it's the aggregate of all the small things that make opportunities for big things to happen, right? And so... Um, so, I mean, just, just to have an opportunity to be in, at this stage, um, on this stage, and to be able to compete at this level of the sport uh, is, you know, I'm just, I'm really, really lucky, and um, lucky that everybody committed to this, and, you know, we, we feel like, I, mean, I don't want to use the word championship, and we just got, we just got here, right, so it's like, we, we, have, we still have a lot to learn, I and mean, we haven't been to a short track yet, I mean, we still have a lot to learn with these race cars, so, um, so we'll, just, we'll just keep fighting along and doing the best that we can, and we'll see where we end up at, you know, beginning of the fall. Yeah, obviously I, I didn't see this coming, so I'm a little bit still confused about how you guys have done all this. I mean, what, why, why do you guys have the speed? Is it, it that your drivers were this good all along and they didn't have the stuff to show it? Are the cars, you know, better than everybody else and that's why you look good? Like, what, why is this happening? Well, I mean, I, I think that um, I think a lot of it has to do with this car showcasing the talent of the people behind it. Uh, I think that you know we were coming out of an era in the sport where um, you, you could build, you could engineer a piece of equipment that was so much so far superior to everybody else's. But now we we do truly basically have the same stuff. So I say that it's, it's an execution car. It's a car that shines when people work together and really try to prepare well and methodically and think about it. I mean, it's a driver's car. We have two incredible race car drivers. I've said this about Daniel all along, and I've said it about Ross for. Ten years that I've known him. I mean, these are these are championship ca- caliber talents. We just need to get them in a spot where they can shine. Um, and um, I mean, I, you know, Chevrolet's strong right now. Our preparation's on point. Uh, everybody's super motivated. Um, so we're just very workflow super effective during the week. Um, I say all that. I just. I say all that knowing that, that I don't, there's a piece of me that I, I don't know really besides the fact that we just have really, really good people that are united in working hard and preparing well, executing well. We'll go to Daniel, then to Bob, then to Rob. Uh, Daniel McFadden, FrenchRest.com. I, I have two questions. First, for, for Justin, um, what do you remember about your first conversation with Ross about driving for Trackhouse? And for both of you, what have the last three weeks been like? with this near miss, near miss, near miss, going and having that happen, what does this feel like after all that? Well, I mean, my first conversation with Ross was, I, I asked him, you know, obviously he, 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 I mean, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of the week that we announced the Ganassi buyout was confusing for a lot of people. So I had a lot of, I had to talk to a lot of people, and, and I mean, you know, Ross, Ross was, didn't really know which way was up. I mean, am I a part of this? Am I, do you, you know, do I have a future with the company? What's the plan here? And I told him to be patient because we just, we tried to keep the, the, the buyout so quiet that really like when we went in to make the announcement, there's really only like 12 people in the world that knew about it. And it was, and it was shocking for a lot of people. So like there was a lot of work we had to do in the weeks afterwards. And then when we got to the point where it's like, okay, the dust is settled, we know sort of which way is up and we're planning for, for what's next. I mean, I, I told Ross when he got out of the car on the front straight, it's all, it was always, it's always you. It was always you. And so I, um, I called him, I was up in Michigan and I called him. And I, I told him that, you know, I, I've always been a huge believer in your talent. I think that you're primed to break through. I want to put you on a two-year deal so you've got some job security. This is your race team. Let's go win. And, and he just dove right in and, and, um, and committed, and you see the result of it. Last, the last couple weeks, last couple weeks, <laughs> the last couple weeks have been uh, just, just, you know, um, you're just seeing the fruits of your labor. And, um, and uh you know, I, I just think it's, it's, it's made everybody in the company believe that, that great things are possible for this enterprise, and we're getting closer. We just keep doing it. Our day, our day will come. As you can tell, we are now joined by our race winner, Ross Chastain. We'll continue on with questions. We'll go to Bob Pockers. Yes. 
Yeah, the last three weeks have been just really reassuring for us. You know, it it proved that the the all the efforts that everybody at Trackhouse have put in uh, in the last six months were were all not you know everything they were doing was right. Um, you know, like Justin alluded to, everybody in every department's doing the right things, and it's it gives you that uh, that confidence that it is truly the right things, and you know the. <clears throat> the long hours and, you know, the, the efforts that you're putting in are, are for something. And uh, it's reassuring to know that you can get the results. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard when you don't. Bob. Uh, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Um, I wouldn't mind if both Justin and Ross answer this, but this for Justin. Uh, there's going to be a lot talked about, you know, was the move kosher? Was it, you know, was it fair? Was it... Yeah. Uh, over the line, is there anything that really is over the line when with this playoff system? I, I mean, I, I don't. I struggle to find what's what's too much. I mean, we, we uh, today was not different than how you see so many of these races end. They're so hard to win, and it's just sort of like the the the, the way people the way people think about it. Uh, racing each other and attacking the racetrack, it just it changes throughout the race. And you, you, these races almost always have late race restarts, and there's so much on the line that you just get to a point where it's like, all right, who's who's just wants it the most? And NASCAR's, you know, proven over the last four decades that they just they're going to let these races play out like they may, and they're going to let it self police. And these guys all wanted it. There's always contact at the end of these races. I, I honestly. I'm saying, I mean, today is just not that much different than what you see a lot of times on green, white checkers at these, at these, at these racetracks. I mean, you take that white flag and it's like, who wants it the most? Who wants it the most? And, um, you know, Ross got beat up a little bit today too. I, I want to make sure people remember, I mean, Ross got used up a little bit today a couple of times. And when it comes, you know, when the money's on the line and a playoff spot's on the table, you do what you got to do. I mean, that's, that's my opinion. Ross, your take. I mean, I I didn't draw it up that way in my head, but yeah, I I did what I did. I stand by it. We'll go next to Rob, then to Holly, then to Jerry. Rob Tianson for theponyfinish.net. My two questions are for Ross. First of all, congratulations on your win. It's a long time coming. My first question is, you know, what were some of the lessons you learned from racing for JD Motorsports and Ganassi that's helped you with trackhouse racing? Old tires. Scuff. I mean, yeah, it's it's everything. It's racecraft. It's just laps. I mean, I got to the Xfinity Series in 2015, and I didn't know how to turn right at all. And that was when Justin was in the series quite a bit on those tracks, and I'd go to him. I knew him from the start of my career in 2011 with Stacey Compton, and um, you know, I just just kept racing. I didn't I didn't really have any great success at it, um, but it was just laps and racecraft and. Um, you know, it all, it all came together today. How did you keep your face up knowing that you went through those ups and downs, especially when you weren't sure if you're going to go up to Ganassi with what happened and then you get this opportunity with Trackhouse and obviously excelled with it? Yeah. You know, there, there was some days there where I didn't know. Um, turns out Justin pretty much knew all along. Um, when, the, when, the, when the sale happened, I texted him. I was at a wheel force test with Chevy and said, I want this. And he said, I know, like, give me some time. And um, you know, to me, that time should have been five minutes. I was like, you know, okay, just respond and say you got the job. But it took, took you know, some days and weeks, and um, we were talking and figuring it out. And um, this, is, this is big business. This is big business racing, and, and this is a huge industry. And you don't just, you don't just get the ride because you want it. And I, I get that. Um, but I, I, will, I don't know how I could have ever scripted my career. Um, and the people that I met along the way, the people that I hurt along the way, the people that I wronged along the way, um, but it's all gotten me here one way or the other. And then uh, partway through last year, um, I've said it in several interviews lately, I don't know why I keep, I know why I keep bringing it up because it helped me, but Mike Metcalf gave me a book called It Takes What It Takes, and it just reset my whole mindset. And um, I didn't get worked up today when we had the lead. I didn't get too high, and I didn't get too low whenever we lost the lead to Tyler. Um, it's just... It is what it is, and um, think neutral and um, go get it in the next opportunity. Go next to Holly. Hi, Ross. Um, over to your left. 
Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service, and I bet you can guess what I'm going to revisit. Yesterday I asked you about winning on a road course, and you said, I'm not a, I'm not a road course driver. I'm not good at road courses, and, and look what you did today. So how special is it for you to get that first win on a road course? Yeah, well, I, I just, I've went to school when every driver's working to be the best race car driver that, that I can, that they can be, and I've done, been no different, and I've just, over the years, tried to be better, and Chevy gives us a ton of support, and once I became a backed Chevy driver in 2018, uh, the resources I had at my disposal were, were incredible, and I've tried to never go to sleep without using one of their resources, and it's cost me, you know, other things in life and, and creature comforts of, of, you know, personal life, but it's truly, I never sacrifice, no driver does, but I never sacrifice anything that I couldn't, if there's just one little thing I could do with, with, the, with the group of, of boys and girls that Chevrolet gives to us drivers, um, I just, I know what it was like without that, and I, I realize now how unfair that is, right, but they, they give us drivers the resources to become better and it might be something very small and there's been a few things I've learned that are huge and um, you know I've put in work I've came out here to Coda every both years ahead of the race and rented one was a Skip Barber car and one was just another race car and it was just to get laps at this place and I did it you know I just did it last week and it's just I just need to keep getting better and I didn't feel like I could come here without showing up ahead of time and getting some laps and um, you know, it's it's not always convenient, but it's I, I want to be. I mean, everybody does. We want to be the best road the best race car drivers we can be, and um, really the the job never stops. And I would assume then you wouldn't have necessarily years ago thought you were going to get your first win at a road course. Several years ago, I just wanted to. I thought I had found my niche in the sport. I thought I had found a comfortable spot I could make a living. It wasn't glamorous by any means, but it was a way to stay in the sport that I loved and do what I loved. And I was I was preparing myself to get more involved with the farm back home and probably live in Florida more, travel to the races on the weekends and not put a lot of effort, you know, just put more effort into the farm during the week and then come back to the races. And I was a few years out from that, but I had come to terms with that. And then in 2018, that all changed. Jerry, before we go to you, do we have any additional questions for Phil? Oh no. Okay. Let's go. Let's go ahead and, and go to Jenna, and then we'll go to you, Jerry. Thank you. Phil, um, has Ross's driving elevated, or has the new car elevated his driving? What do you see in him? Obviously, we've been running good this year, better this year with the new car than the old car. But I don't think it's elevated his driving. Um, you know, you look back at a lot of the particularly the road course events last year. You know, we came here, we finished fourth in the rain, and, um, you know, the other road courses were a high point for us to, for us as well. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's elevated. It's always been there, and uh, we are just, you know, we've been working hard to, to put the car under him that he needs, and uh, it just it showed today. Phil, congratulations. We'll go ahead and move you along to your next stop. We'll continue on the floor to Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry. That guy is so good. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires on net. Uh, one for Ross and one for Justin. Uh, Ross, you and I have talked through the years of the good and the bad and things like that. How does a watermelon farmer from Florida process their first NASCAR Cup Series win, making the playoffs with that, and, and then going ahead with this new team, uh, building your career? I mean, I don't know how to process it yet. I, I sit here and I look at this and I, I think back to the, the stories of our family and they were in South Georgia for a long time, not living a good life. My great granddad moved the family south to Florida. My granddad, two years in to living in Punta Gorda, Florida, enlisted in the service, him and his brother, because it was going to be a better life. And you think about that and that's unfathomable for me. And they came back, built the farm up, my dad and uncle became old enough to farm on their own. They've grown the farm to an incredible spot. And when you just think about agriculture right now, it's scary. We don't have crop insurance. It's just in our area, it's just not a thing. And it's, I think it's coming down the pipe, but it, it really keeps the number of watermelon farmers to a very small group of us, probably five or six. So there's probably 10. Um, and we've just honed in on watermelons as the family business. It started eight generations ago. and 
really before that, 12 generations ago, they were farming, but back then everybody farmed. And we're, for better or worse, stuck with it, and every generation has stayed with it. So when I look at that, and I think about what my great-grandfather and farther back, and then my granddad, what he's lived through, it's incredible that we've been able to get into this sport. My dad liked it, did some hobby racing, got me into it. Mark Martin, which was here today, came by my car. Like Mark Martin, the NASCAR driver, came by my car before the race and gave me a fist bump and said, you're awesome with some other words, and I love what you're doing. Keep being bad at the bone. He said other words. I was like, wow, like his son Matt was the reason I wanted to race. They raced at 417 in my local track in the Fast Kids series. Bobby Deal ran it, and we, got, we ran the next race. It was Matt's last race. And to think back to the farming and then tie that into the racing, like how my careers went, it's just like there was never – like, I wanted to race, and that's all I wanted to do. So all this extra stuff now, and, and to get to talk about watermelons on a national level, get to talk about agriculture in a positive light, it's a scary world, and, and a small minority of people are very vocal, and they think that farmers are trying to kill them and hurt them, and it's just not the case. We're trying to feed the world. It's a very small number of people in this world that grow the the crops that feed this world and feed this population worldwide. So it's... um. It's a it's a thankless job for the farmers, the real farmers. I'm just the one that gets to talk about it now. Um, but I, I think for like farmers and and small racers everywhere, this is a this is a big win. Obviously, I think so. Thank you, and Justin. We know you are also a race car driver and pretty darn good on road courses. You have your own team. Have you considered getting a, a third car going just for a couple one-offs to uh, to try it out? No. I mean, I'd like to drive the car. I think it'd be fun to drive the car, but I, I think those days have, <clears throat> have passed me by, at least at, at this level. I mean, I, I um, you know, I, I have a Trans Am car, and I'll, I'll, I'll go have some, some fun. But I think that what was really interesting about today is, is and what Ross alluded to it a little bit, is, is um, it kind of makes sense because, you know, I came up road racing, um, you know, and, and I never really got the car figured out on the ovals uh, in NASCAR and, and really tried to develop my road racing craft. And... And through that process, um, you know, Ross and I spent a lot of time together at the racetracks, and I tried to help him where I, where I could help him and watched him get faster and faster and faster. And for us to come and for him to be the one that delivered the first win for this company at a road course is, is just, like, it's just kind of a cool story, and it just kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of wild. It makes sense? Yeah. I don't think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. It makes sense to me. I, don't, I mean, um, I love racing. I love race cars. Uh, I always have since I was four years old, as much today as, as at any point in my career. And, and I just I, I made a decision a couple of years ago that if I was going to fly to the top of, of the heights of this sport, um, I was going to have to do it on this side, not in the race car. And, and, and we have. Daniel? Daniel McBadden, Frenchers.com. So, Ross, the, the, the watermelon you smashed today, was that the watermelon you started the season with? No. No, it didn't. It didn't last. No, that one. Uh, it was actually last week we we got rid of that one and got it. Roy got a new one. So, um, yeah, it's just a. So first, buy ra- at, first race with it. We buy first race on this watermelon. We buy them at the grocery store, just like everybody else does, right? Like, my food comes from the grocery store, and um, our watermelons for NASCAR Cup Series victories do too. So you, you, your dad wasn't here. You talked to him on, on FaceTime, your, but your mom was here. Can you just share what it was like? Interacting with them for the first time after this, what would you tell them? I, I, don't, I don't know how to put into words because obviously they were the first two, right? And Yeah, I wish my dad was here, but um, so with our farm, him and my brother Chad, uh, my dad Ralph and my brother Chad, they, they farm, they, they, they run JDI farms, and there's five full-time people, and then we bring in a, a crew to plant take you know to water the plants to plant the plants harvest the plants and if chad comes to the race and my dad stays back and if my dad comes to the race chad stays back and chad spots um chad's the one that he raced at watkins Glen last year for nice motorsports and um you know it's uh so my dad stayed back to keep the farm going like it's no different than any other business if the boss is away the mice will play right like you gotta you gotta stay on everybody and it's a plants from the ground we'll start harvesting in a few weeks or where this is our, our go time to, to grow the watermelon. So, um, yeah, I wish he was here, but my mom's here, and she's just supported me a lot, all, the whole way. Um, it's, it's, I, that was the closest I came to crying after the race and just now, um, just thinking about she doesn't get to come to 
as many as she wants to. She's a traveling nurse, so she's um, she's working a, an assignment now in North Georgia, um, doing what she wants to do. Right? She likes to take care of people, and she wants to save lives. And she's, you know, she's worked through COVID and never backed down, and and has um, has actually saved lives. So, to her, for her to take time, you know, out of her schedule to come and to work her her work schedule around and to be here, it's um, it's not lost on me. And, um, you know, we, Chad comes in spots and hopefully he gets to race a little more. And we're just racers. So, um, yeah, I wish Dad was here, but I um, wish a lot of people were here. But that's not how the world works. Thanks, Bob. Bob Parker, Fox Sports. I have a couple more for Ross. Um, when you hear that Ganassi is being sold, are you thinking my chances of winning a cup race now are are not good because you don't, you don't know what it's going to do to that team and you don't know what your future is? I didn't know that thought didn't cross my mind. Um, it was more, uh, you know, the, the text I got a few hours before was Justin bought chips. And I said, I hope you mean Doritos. <laughs> like, I said, I hope you mean Doritos. Oh. I didn't, I, I knew exactly what it meant, but I like had to, my blind humor was like, and, you know, it was instant. I looked over, Darian Grubb was sitting next to me, like we're at the wheel force test and I said, do you know? And he's like, actually, I looked at him. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, do you know? And he's like, do I know what? And I was like, showed him the text. And he's like, I got to make a call. And then I made a call. And they're like, yeah, it's for real. So um, once I knew it was Justin, I knew I had a shot. But I just, I've been around enough to know. And I, I've, in the small scale, seen the business side of the sport. And know, I, I know the numbers that it takes to fund these deals. And I just didn't know what this meant. So, yeah, there were some definite questions. Um, and, and the answer I got was, some questions just aren't ready to be answered. But no, did, did I think I would never win a cup race? I, I, that that thought did not cross my mind. I just didn't know if I would ever. More, it was I didn't know if I would ever drive a cup again. And did that text come from somebody at Spire? I would guess. TJ. Okay. And does the fact that AJ isn't running full time and isn't trying to get a playoff spot does that go through your head at all and influence the move that you made? No, it's just a race car. Um, I mean, I know who I'm racing around. I'm very aware of my surroundings. And, and honestly, through the carousel, I thought with Alex to my right and AJ ahead of me, I didn't think there was a way to win. And um, when we got to 19, everything happened. And um, it was not the the plan. The plan was stay out front when we took the white. And I just babied it. I eased it into 12 too much, and he got to me. And it only took a small little bump in 15. I was so loose through there all day. You saw it in qualifying. That's where I slipped up and missed the fast five and um, was managing that all day. And it only took a small little bit um, to know I don't I don't race anybody any different. Um, you know, I've I've cost AJ a win in, in at Daytona in the Xfinity Series, and you know he was obviously a quarter mile away from winning here. But um, he's taught me a lot, and and I I'm sure that. Our friendship will hurt for this. Uh, I felt like I had started to win some of his friendship back, and you know, and, and just being nice to each other um, when you see each other. It took a while, um, and I hate that because I've lived through that in my career for 12th place in Xfinity. I've fought and I've roughed people up and gotten into people. I've wrecked Justin Marks like he was going to win Road America in 2016, 17, and I wrecked him and James Davidson like for no reason. So. Um, it's not lost on me that I make some of the same mistakes. It's just staring down a Cup Series win. I just couldn't couldn't let that go. Go next to Jared, then the Jeff, then the Chris. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. My question is, what do you, with, like I said, the last four races you've had, four top three finishes, what do you attribute your recent success in the next-gen car? And you can, can you carry this momentum all the way to Phoenix in November? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. You never know your next race, how you're going to run. This car is, is so um, volatile to drive. It's, I mean, one bottom out the car one time at California, and I hit the wall almost head on and destroy it and kick off our season in, in the hole. So um, it's no guarantees. We have to keep working hard. We've, we've had this talk after um, the, third and, the first third and the first second, I guess, or maybe, maybe even after Vegas, I think, because Daniel had ran good at California, then we ran good at Vegas, and Ty Norris got in front of the shop and said, look, this is not, a, this is not the time to stop. It's not the time to rest on what we're doing. Yes, it's great, but we, this is what we're here to do. We're winners. Believe it. You keep building the cards like this, Daniel and Ross can win. And um, 
you know, it hasn't slowed down, and I don't expect it to slow down. Thank you. Ross, you're a NASCAR Cup Series race winner. How do you stay neutral now? Man, it's it's not easy, but that's the whole point, right? You have to work at it. It's it's not easy in the car to not get excited when I take the lead. It's not easy to, to get down whenever I lose the lead. Um, it's not. It's hard. Like, this stuff's hard, and, and mentally thinking the right things for me in those moments are so challenging, and it's something that I've just had to work at. No different than doing push-ups or air squats or running or biking. Like, mentally, I have to work at it because I'm not good at that, and I feel like just like I have to work to be a good road course rate, like to turn right, um, you know, turning left kind of came natural. I, I, I will say that. I, from an early age, I felt like guys I would race against, I a lot of times try too hard, but I could race with anybody I, growing up, and mentally I didn't realize that until the last few years that, like, that's a job. That's a workout. That takes effort, and it's easy to get down. It's It's easy to get depressed. I mean, we live this glamorous life, and we fly all over, and we race cars for a living, and, and everybody in this room covers it, and we, we all live this life, but everybody's fighting stuff, and everybody has things that pull at them, and it's easy to get down, and fighting that, like, you have to, I have to fight it. I have to, no, get that out, back to the basics. Okay, do I need to warm my tires or not? Do I need to keep the engine cool? What do I need to do? What gear am I in? Is the ignition on? I'm dropping the clutch to fire off behind the pace car, and I'm about to lose my spot because the ignition's off. Like, quit messing up. Focus. How much brake temperature do I need? Like, what can I control? And that's how I stay neutral. We'll go to Chris, then the Jenna, and we'll wrap with Daniel. Uh, Ross, um, was that your brother? I'm assuming that was Chad that you picked up. Uh, yeah. What was that moment like? What did you guys say? Uh, and then I got a quick follow-up. We were screaming. Um, you know, I I just couldn't leave him back there. He um, he supported my entire career. Uh, we're six years apart, and he watched me race growing up. And, you know, his racing career just didn't have the opportunities that I did. Um, and the, the investment it takes to get going as a as a kid at 18 years old or now 16 for the truck series at some races is only going up and it's just astronomical um so it's one of those things that you know the fact that he's like we're brothers we're the we're we're just it's us like it's we have a big family and it starts at the top with our grandparents our meemaw and granddaddy on my dad's side and our meemaw and pop on, on my mom's side and to have all four of them we know we're lucky but the what they've built into our family, the family that they've built, is um, you know, I just couldn't leave them back there. So as soon as I d got done doing my burnouts in one, um, I was like, Chad, where you at? Get a, get out on the track. Like, and then I drove slow. You know, I didn't want to, I don't want to risk anything. I didn't do any burnouts with them. I just eased around the track. But I wasn't going to leave him back there and make him try to fight his way into the track. Like, no, get in. We're going. Like, we won um, because he's my brother and I love him. When will you let it soak in, and, and how will you celebrate? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that question's ready That'll to be answered. That'll probably be the topic of discussion on the flight home. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> might we will might celebrate, home. Chris. And Justin, um, I mean, as much as Ross won the race, Daniel Suarez dominated stage one, led all 15 laps. Obviously, circumstances prevented him from being contending for the win, but obviously he had a, a, a solid start to the day and obviously showing the same kind of speed that Ross has shown all year. Yeah, I mean, su super, super proud of the 99 team. I mean, um, you know, Daniel was was uh, Daniel was very focused this week, and uh, and was was put a lot of pressure on himself to um, to try to deliver a win today. And circumstances um, dictated otherwise. Um, you know, he wants it really, really bad. And I know that it's coming for him soon. Um, he's got a ton of speed. He's got a, a great team behind him. We're all behind him. Um, you know, he lost his power steering with like 28 laps. He had no power steering last 28 laps of this race. I mean, he was a warrior today and soldiered to finish this thing. And um, and uh, he's got a lot of fight in him. He's not going to give up till we get him in victory lane. I, I, I mean, I think both of our cars will be in, in the playoffs this year. We just got to make sure we put him in that position. Jenna? So this is going to seem weird. Um, Daniel... Last year it was all him. This team started with him. I've seen this happen before. I saw it happen with your buddy Shank last year when Leo beat 
when Elio got the first win. Could Daniel, could he be disappointed that he didn't get the first win? Sure, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I think he's gutted today, um, uh, especially after leading every lap in the first stage and winning it. And, and um, you know, he, he, he was so early in the process of building Trackhouse that, that, you know, I think in his mind he was always going to be the guy that was going to deliver, deliver our first win, and I think that's, that's hard on him. Um, but in a way, um, I always try to take the long view on this stuff. These are our guys. These are our drivers. Um, we're building a team around both these guys, and that's what I'll tell them this week is, is you know, you got an awesome opportunity to win Richmond in five days from now, um, and that's what we're going to focus on. And, um, but these guys are all just – they're all so competitive. I mean, it's, we've done a good job at Trackhouse building two teams that really, really help each other. But, like, you know, when you distill that all the way down to – to the glory of winning a race and your first career race and sticking a Chevy in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to navigate that teamwork, that selflessness and all that. And so, um, he's, he's gutted. He came over and gave Ross a hug. I mean, he understands the mission here and, and he's, he's probably already thinking about Richmond and I'm excited to see what he's going to do the next couple of weeks, but sure. It's human nature. I mean, and, um, just for the record, say how many Ganassi people did you keep? Like how much of this is, Old Ganassi. Oh, I mean, I think we have 128 people on the payroll, and and um, I mean, 110, 105. I mean, really, a lot of them. And it was important for me to keep a lot of those people because they, you know, they know that building, they know workflow in that building, they they're used to working together. I mean, it's a it's a pretty tall mountain to climb if you put 120 people together who've never worked together and say, you know, go go do this and and. Um, uh, and, you know, there was some attrition for sure. I mean, there were some people in the company that didn't see it and, and went to go do something else, and, and that's fine. But, but the, the group that was left was, is fully, fully bought in, and, um, and I'm really happy for all of them. Uh, do you count Ross in that number, by the way, of 105 people yeah. that you got? Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, yeah, he raced out of that building last. No, I know, years, I know. Okay. I just didn't know if he's like independent because you didn't. No, I do absolutely. You yeah. count him. Okay, yep. Ross. So he has said several times that um, it was always you, but it had to be you know he had to be quiet and, and do things quietly. And he also said you texted him that as he was leaving the stage at the press conference. Like, why did you want? Why did you want all in? And, and why did you? How did you convince him? Okay, I guess he didn't have to be. It was always yeah. you. That was a yeah. nice love scene. I, I didn't convince him. He, I mean, he's, I believe him. He already knew. So um, it was important to just, you know, I have a good group around me, and it was like, how? What do we do? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I had to fight off the, the fear of like, I mean, I. They asked at the wheel force test. They were like, you know, are you ready to get back in? I was like, no, I need ten minutes. And ten turned into thirty, and they're like, we got to get going. I was like, you don't want me driving your car right now. Like I, I need. And so once I sent the text, I was like, I. Sounds funny. I've done all I can do, right? Like he knows. Like it, he'll see it when he sees it. But like, I still have a job to do here. So we finished out the day. I want this. Out there. Everything's a blur. Um, good job. Proud of you. I don't. Yeah, I was. I can't believe I still have a voice. Honestly, my hand. My actually, my right hand hurts from high fiving and hugging people and slapping people. My bag's probably bruised from all the punches I got in the back and slaps. Daniel. Ross, I got, I got two questions for you. Um, your, your journey within NASCAR to this moment started July 29th, 2011 in a truck race at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Um, at what point in the last 11 years since that night did you allow yourself to believe that what you did today could happen, would happen, was possible? I mean, I'm a good couch racer. I believed for a long time. Um, but Justin asked me on, on the front stretch, do you believe yet? So I would say that I still struggle with that. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't view myself as a, as a Cup Series winning race car driver. I just feel like I have to work to get there, and I'm not there yet. Um, I just, there's so many mistakes I make. There's mental but there's physical there's the shifting the breaking the just the feedback and practice like there's so many ways to mess this stuff up um and i haven't done it perfect yet so um i've learned to think neutral and just okay don't get too worked up if i do something wrong just right back to it and so it's, uh, it hasn't happened yet and 
you didn't get your first real chance in race winning equipment until like the last five years or so. You, you've been in everything a driver could want or need to drive to get to this point. What's your message to drivers who are currently where you used to be in backmarker cars? What's your message to them today? I mean, there there is no right or wrong way to do this. Um, you see guys every year take a different path, and if if you don't have the resources to go rent or, or get in or you're not hired to drive something really good, and in the lower series it's, it's just the economics of this sport, you kind of have to bring something, and um, wherever you can plug in, I mean, I'm a proponent of starting out, you race. You just race everything you can, and you know, as long as you're at the track, you have a chance to, I mean, you just never know, right? I mean, I've carried around an extra set of driving stuff and for in case somebody got sick and I've blown up in races and I've started parked races and then I've gotten in somebody else's truck to finish the race for them and um, you just have to keep going. So if you're bought in, you have to buy in. Like, you have to live in Mooresville or the area. You ha you know, you just have to be there and something comes up and you meet a crew chief and you run into him at lunch and he's like, hey, we don't have a driver, you know, or there's money fell through. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything, but I'll drive it. That's how the Mario, that's how the DGM deal, that's how I drove for Mario Goslin yesterday was um, last Friday. We're headed to Atlanta and um, he's looking for a, for somebody with some sponsorship. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything, but I'll drive it. And he was like, you'll drive it? And I was like, well, yeah, like Mario, yeah, I want to race and I want to race. And um he, you know, he couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe that he let me drive. So um, I think that um, it, it's surreal that I get to drive race cars for a living. Um, so if you're able to do that in this sport, you can pay your bills, and you have to give up a lot. Um, you have to give up a personal life. I mean, some guys balance both. I've never been able to balance both. So um, 29 and single and just chasing race cars. Um, I know it sounds silly to say, but like that's. A conscious effort to do that. Well, just. Hey, get well soon, Kyle. Hey, if you ain't a member, subscribe, follow. See you Saturday or Friday, Lynn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.